eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you not at all from Fort Rucker Studio. Also joined by Ben McKee and Patrick Brown, who are also nowhere near the normal places they are when we record this podcast. Uh, we are uh, candidly at uh, our hotel in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, in I don't even want to call this a conference area. I'm going to call it the... Uh, the general breakfast eating area, I suppose. Uh, nonetheless, we are here discussing Tennessee's 34 to 27 overtime win over Pittsburgh on Saturday night at the artist formerly known as Heinz Field. Guys, there is so much to discuss about that game, and we're not going to spend forever doing it, but we need to discuss it because that was an incredible combination of really, really bad things but also a really big win. Yes, that, that is the main takeaway for me, is that A, a win is a win. We learned that today in college football. Not, not that we really needed a reminder. There were some upsets last weekend as well. But today, uh, Florida turns around and loses to Kentucky after looking like a college football playoff team against Utah. Uh, but, but more, the, the bigger upsets, rather, App State over A&M. I'm, I'm blanking. It's midnight. I'm blanking on the other big upset. Marshall over. Yeah, we are Marshall defeated Catholicism up there in South yes, Bend. Notre Dame. Thank or you. I guess I, I say over there in South Bend, right? We're on Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, we're we're they're down below us. I think. Yes, there you go. Uh, so not not a great start for Marcus Freeman. Feels like Jeremy Pruitt there, buddy. Uh, but Tennessee won, and and that's all that matters because you saw A and M play terrible football. You saw Florida play terrible football. And you saw Notre Dame play bad football, and they lost. Tennessee, I don't know that they played bad football. I don't think that they played necessarily good football. They had good moments, but they found a way to win a game. And we can talk about this more here in a moment. But I agree with what Josh Heupel said after the game. Last year's Tennessee team does not find a way to win today. And they did. And that's the biggest takeaway. They found a way to win against a pretty good football team on the road. Yeah, Omar Thomas and others said that too. That was, I think, a very, very important point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Tennessee's at a, at a point or has been at a point where they can really have any complaints about beating a, a top 25 team on the road to defending conference champion, um, regardless of the, the nature of it. Um, like, like you pointed out, Ben, it, it's hard to win on the road in, in college football. I mean, two top 10 teams lose 
to Sunbelt teams. Uh, and Tennessee didn't lose today. Tennessee tried really hard to lose that game at sometimes in, in the second half. I think it was really the defense that was bailing out the offense and the special teams too. So, um, and maybe that's a sign of a football program that's maturing, that's taking steps in the right direction when you're able to win a game that you don't play your best and, and you're winning a game that in the past you would have given away. So um, I think this is a, you know, I, I don't, you don't apologize for these kind of wins. Now, if you go out and play a bad, you know, if you play a bad against Akron, you know, you got to, that's not acceptable. When, when you go out and don't play great, but still find a way to win uh, a game like this against an opponent. I mean, Pitt's still a good team. Um, but I, I don't think Tennessee's at a point where they can really complain about going on a road and, and beating um, a top 25 team. It, correct me if I'm wrong, Wes. This was their first road win against a top 25 non-conference team since Miami, 2003. Yes, since the, the Kellen Winslow Soldier game, correct. That's, I mean, it was literally almost 20 years. I mean, I was in high school in 2003. I was covering the game. and actually, I don't know if Ben was in double digits. I was actually the one who asked one of the questions that got Kellen Winslow mad. 2003. I was eight. I'm, 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 I'm upset Ben didn't know that. when I, I Tonight I, I mentioned – someone asked me about that story, uh, David Pascal, our former coworker there at the Times Free Press, and uh, Ben was like, what are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> you forget. And, and by the way, it, 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 I know Tennessee beat Miami. Swain played on that team, and obviously I've worked with Swain, and I've, I've heard plenty about it. Uh, and that team was loaded, that Miami team. So was Tennessee. But, yeah, I was eight. So I don't, yeah, I, was, I don't remember the details. I, I was going to say uh, happy birthday to Ben. You, you, you were 12 years old then. You're probably, what, 13 now? 27. Yeah, just, just, turned, and, just turned 13 years old. Congratulations. And, and Josh Heibelset coached 15 games at Tennessee, and he's got two road wins now against top 25 opponents, mm-hmm. this one and then Kentucky last season. I know, you know Tennessee fans would say, well, you got to beat Florida and Georgia, you know, all of it. That's not that's not there yet. This team's not there yet. This program's not there yet. But I, I'd I'd be interested to see how many, uh, how long it took, or how many his predecessors games they needed to to beat two top twenty five teams on the road. I bet it's a lot less than fifteen games. Probably, and I think that there's a couple things to to take away from it. One, I I, I have a pretty firm policy on on not apologizing for wins anywhere any time, any opponent, any field, any situation. I don't think you apologize for wins. Maybe if you, like, stab the other team to score the final touchdown, maybe then you could apologize for it. Generally speaking, I don't believe in apologizing for wins. You In a sport where you get to play, you know, you're only guaranteed 12 games per year, I don't think you apologize for winning any of them, uh, let alone, you know, a ranked team on the road. Um, but I, I think we need to be realistic here and say that if Tennessee wants to be the kind of team that it wants to be and thinks it can be, it can't make even half the, the number of mistakes it made in this game because it made absolutely self-inflicted mistakes that were crucial, crucial, and very, very easily could have turned uh, what could have been a two or three touchdown win into a loss, but it turned it into an overtime win, as it were. One final thought before we talk about the actual game and not just ugly wins, um, because I, I think every Tennessee fan out there is happy about an, an ugly win. It's better than losing. Most, it, most. It's simple. No, maybe there, not all, there, but most. There are curmudgeons out there. there. There are grumps. But for the most part, I would say 99.9% of Tennessee fans are happy, even though the win was ugly. And, and they do recognize that, okay, if, if we're going to beat Florida and LSU and so on and so forth, like we're going to have to play better football. But my final point on just like ugly wins in general, it's college football. This isn't the NFL. Like uh, ugly wins and being frustrated with those do exist in the NFL because they are professionals. They are adults. 
these are 17 to 23 year old kids and every single person at that age is inconsistent with everything they do in life. That, that's why college football is so fascinating. That's why you see App State beat Texas A&M because they are, they are still kids in a sense. They're, they're young adults, yes, uh, but they're, they're 17 to 22, 23-year-old kids that are still trying to figure out life and are, are out on their own. And it's, it's hard to get them to be consistent in their day-to-day life. Better yet, a football field with a team full of 22 starters on, on each side. So that, that's why ugly wins exist in college football. But uh, to your point, Wes, about needing – like, okay, today's fine, but moving forward, if Tennessee wants to have a successful season, they're not going to be able to make the same mistakes. I kind of think the defense just is what it is. I, I, I just think maybe it's an, an, an average at best defense. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they were good today. At, at times, don't don't get it wrong. They stepped up when they needed to. My bigger concern isn't the defense because I kind of just think the defense is what the defense is, and they benefited from having a second-string quarterback in there that could not throw the football. And was on one leg. And, look, the defensive front was good, and we can talk about that later. But the point that I'm going to make, Patrick, is that in order to do what you're saying, Wes, and to have a successful season, the offense is going to have to carry the load, and they cannot have – as many self-inflicted wounds as they had today. That, that's what bothers me is that there were so many, so many of the self-inflicted mistakes in this game came from players in their fourth and fifth and sixth seasons of playing college football. And, and again, one they win the game, no apologies. But there were throws that you're going to need Hendon Hooker to make that he didn't make. There were some catches that you're going to need Cedric Tillman to make uh, that he didn't make. There were some some just simple plays like catching a punt. Uh, from a fifth-year senior that, or fourth-year, you would imagine that he would that he would make Jalen Wright fumbling the ball for the second time in two weeks. That there were even even Wright's a sophomore. There were there were a lot of juniors and seniors out there who who did some of those things wrong today. But but I I think before we talk about the game itself, we need to mention this and then talk about the game because it is about the game. A lot of the guys who made those big mistakes came back when the game was on the line, nut cutting time, and they made the plays. When Hendon Hooker, he overcame a couple of mistakes that, that he made early on, a couple of those throws late, right on target, right where they needed to be, and what would have been a fantastic 18-yard touchdown run in overtime that got called back with a penalty. But that was a really, really nice run, and he had a few of those in the game. Cedric Tillman had a couple of balls go off his hands that were maybe not perfect passes, but plays that you would make, you would, you would expect someone of Tillman's caliber to make. Uh, when the game's on the line, he has a couple of absolutely huge plays, including the game you know, the go-ahead touchdown there that ended up winning the game. Uh, Trayvon Flowers, who had the biggest roller coaster of emotions I can remember for a single player in a single game in a while because you had the interception early. Uh, you had him getting hurtled by the tight end going down the sideline on a 60-yard touchdown pass that is going to be played around here for a long time uh, and is not going to be enjoyable for him with his teammates in the film room, I imagine. Uh, and then you had uh, muffing a punt, which, again, it's kind of a line drive, weird punt, but still got to catch the ball. He was a great baseball player in high school. You got to catch the football. You're back there to be the safety guy to catch those things. Uh, he did that, um, but he had the interception early, and then late he had the the big sack there on third and goal, 12-yard loss, takes it back to the 20, makes it a fourth and goal from the 20. Tennessee wins the game. The players who were making mistakes atoned for them when it mattered, and I do think that is significant. Yeah, and you just look at this game last year, and, and Tennessee lost it down the stretch, and they made a lot of the they made a lot of mistakes in that game. We talked about going in thirteen penalties, three turnovers. Uh, this game, the offense just had could get nothing going in the second half, 
Um, and that was uncharacteristic. But the defense bailed him out. I, I, we'll get to it more in a second. I'm, I, I think this was a great defensive performance by Tennessee. I think Tennessee's defense won them this football game tonight. So um, I know <laughs> this group has a lot of detractors out there and, and individual players. Who, two, two, at least two in this room. Uh, right. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll play devil's advocate to you guys. I, if, if anything, if Tennessee lost this game, you would have pointed at the offense and the special teams. Mm-hmm. So because they won it, you pointed at the defense that, that was put in a lot of bad situations and delivered when it needed to. Yeah, it did. It made some some big, big plays. It played some really – good opportunistic football. However, also dropped three interceptions in the first half that were right in the breadbasket. So uh, that, that would, I would add that to the list of just things that are just simple things that need to happen. Um, Cause if a team is going to give you, if a team's going to make mistakes and give you things, you, you need to take them. Right. I mean, if, if they're like here, here, here's a play, here's an interception right between the three and the three twice, you got to catch it. Uh, you got You got to go make those plays. Um, but they did play, especially at parts in the middle of the game there in the second half, too, some really, really big plays. Um, but this game was interesting for a lot of reasons, guys. One of them was that this was a complete reversal in some ways of the normal Tennessee script, which is getting out 14, 20 to, you know, 14 to nothing, 20 to, to three, and then trying to hold on for dear life. Uh, this was Tennessee uh, being down 10 to nothing and very, very fortunate perhaps to not be 17, down 17, seven, 17 to yeah, nothing. Yeah, and 17, 7 too. And then ended up being 17, 7, and Tennessee comes back from that, uh, still in plenty of time, gets the lead back by the second quarter, but still went back and did those things. Uh, and then never again surrendered the lead. You know, it, it did made some plays that it needed to make when it did, and it flipped the script on what this team has been a lot of times, which – it is very, very easy and natural to point to things that didn't go well in this game, of which there were many. However, at the end of the day, you are here to win games. You are here to make plays to win games. And Tennessee just beat the 17th-ranked team in the country in its own house. And that is something for this program that is a big deal. Uh, I really liked the way Hypel and Omari Thomas and others said it. Enjoy the hell out of this one on the flight home. Get a, get a little bit of sleep. Get up Sunday come in work better because you're going to have to you're going to have to be better than this maybe not next week but soon after that pat you're going to have to be better yeah and tennessee certainly enjoyed this win because i was trying to find the post-game media room in this in this nfl stadium and uh, they had the music up pretty loud in the locker room afterwards and just smiles on faces and hypo was pretty excited at the end of the game was you know he's he's done right giddy in his post post post-game interview with uh, molly mcgrath on espn so um yeah that that's you're, you're excited when you have the result like this, even if, you know, you did a bunch of stuff to lose the game. And how many times has Tennessee lost a game like this? I mean, the whole – you think – well, Pitt has his backup quarterback come in. That's all – you know, when Tennessee has the other team's backup quarterback come in, everybody sure. starts hitting the panic button. But this was a backup quarterback with one leg, so maybe that was the Well, and, and Tennessee knocked Keaton Slovis out of the game because they battered him in the first half. Correct. And they battered this guy around. And, and, and we'll get to more of this in the second half. But I think Tim Banks or his paycheck big time tonight. Um, and so y'all, y'all think I'm crazy, but, uh, and some listen, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you take this win and, and this early in the season, you make a statement like that. It's, it, it, it makes you feel good. And Tennessee deserves to feel good. And I didn't admit, try to make it seem like I, I thought the defense was awful today. Maybe, maybe I should. Those are your exact words. Awful. I'm going to fight you Wes. Uh, they, they were, it, it was the missed tackles early and, the 76-yard touchdown run when there's 
no linebackers <laughs> to stop the running back after he breaks through the line of scrimmage. Would have been a touchdown, two and touch, I think. Right. So, actually, Patrick, those would be the plays that I would be talking about had Tennessee lost today. How, how do you give up a 76 yard touchdown run where nobody is in, in position to tackle? I think that was more than half the rushing yards that Tennessee allowed in the entire game. Well, and they had that other big run, like a nice 30 ish 40 ish yard run so that was what 100 that, that was more than that was right. like two-thirds of their rushing yards on two right plays. but i i and, and it's more my frustration i when i make that comment with the secondary the i was very impressed with the defensive line i i sat there and asked amari thomas uh about it after the game and, and i wrote i don't want to say they were fluff pieces but like i i wrote twice on two separate occasions about how i actually thought the defensive line played pretty played pretty well against Ball State, despite having zero sacks. And if you watch the film, you saw Tyler Barron moving bodies. You saw Byron Young moving bodies and getting pressure on the quarterback. Ball State was just able to get the ball out quickly. Uh, Amari Thomas, Bryson Eason, Karat Garland, DeJon Terry, they did good things against Ball State, and that translated tonight. I, I am – if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm, I'm far more excited about Tennessee's defensive line right now than I would have imagined being before the season. I, I they, they look. I could see. I could have seen in, in terms of the off season. I could have seen them looking like this in November because of the coaching of Rodney Garner. I did not think that they would look this good this early, and they they absolutely had an impact on the game. I mean, they were they were hitting the absolute mess out of Keaton Slovis in that first half. And if they weren't hitting him, they were pressuring him. They were getting their hands up and, and batting balls, deflecting balls. They were awesome. I, I thought they were terrific. So my comment earlier was more about the secondary and how that can be frustrating at times. But the defense did absolutely step up. The offense put them in terrible positions. Special teams put them in terrible positions. And the defense answered the bell each and every time. And there's a lot more that we need to talk about with that defense, and we're going to get to that. Uh, because there were some a couple of really interesting stats and also uh, just some observations throughout the game about things that I think maybe from up close we got to see a little bit. So uh, we're going to sit back for just a second. Guys, take a break. We'll be right back. going to pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera. And then we're going to come back and talk more about Tennessee's win over Pittsburgh tonight in Pittsburgh. I said Pittsburgh just for Pat there, not Pitt, although it is Pitt because Pittsburgh is the Steelers. Right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Cobalt's 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads. You just heard a moment ago during that commercial break, Wes Rucker, Ben McKee, and Patrick Brown coming to you from the steel city of Pittsburgh, where Tennessee has defeated Pittsburgh, the, the Pitt Panthers, 30 was 34 to 27, guys. Am I getting that right? It is yep. late, 34 to 27 in overtime. Uh, big win. The Vols uh, were a touchdown favorite. However, um, you know, Tennessee ranked seven spots higher or Tennessee ranked seven spots lower, um, but Tennessee was also a seven-point favorite in this game. So, Tennessee... So, so, is it an upset? I was thinking about this during the game. Pittsburgh no. is the higher-ranked team. I go off of the ranking, so I do consider it an upset. Now, with, which is weird because I actually do think that Tennessee is the better team, but I go solely off the ranking, so I would say it's an upset. Well, regardless of what you call it, it was a win for Tennessee, and we got lots more to discuss about it. Uh, but before we do that, guys, just a quick uh, request from our end. If you could take about maybe 60, 75, 90 seconds out of your day right now, go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That would help us out tremendously. If you're just listening on the website, nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. However, what helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether it's in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod. You can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. Uh, but since we're doing this for free, don't think it's too much, much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You probably have friends. And if you don't have friends, just tell people who happen to be standing near you at any given time. If you're doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Guys, back to the game. Tennessee in that football game, unless they adjust the the stats at some point, we'll see. But the the unofficial at-the-horn statistics, I believe, had Tennessee clocked at 26 quarterback pressures in this football game. I can remember some Tennessee teams where that might be like a few weeks' worth of work at the office. This was one night against a a team, did win the ACC last season, did bring back a lot on the offensive line. We can talk all day about uh, Kenny Pickett not being there. We can talk about Jordan Addison no longer being there. Those are not offensive linemen. Their offensive line's pretty good. Tennessee bowled over that offensive line pretty consistently. Uh, The the couple of runs were really well blocked. Pitt had, obviously, the 76-yard touchdown run uh, was was well blocked. There were a couple of other plays that that Pitt blocked pretty well. But Tennessee, I think, you know, did – I think it won the line of scrimmage more often than not in this game. Uh, And I think that was was one of the reasons Tennessee was able to overcome all the mistakes that it did make. Again, it made a lot of mistakes – it also, however, made plays when it counted. And I'll, I'll tell you this, too. I'm not sure if y'all were paying attention to this. I, I just happened to notice it. We were sort of walking out from the, the press conference and after some interviews, going back up to the elevator, kind of as a lot of the pit players were leaving their locker room. And that was not just a, like, downtrodden football team. That was a physically assaulted football team. They had a Pitt, long injury list through in that game. A lot of players who started and did not finish that game. Pitt had a lot of guys 
with a lot of ice bags on them walking out of the game. <laughs> Had a couple guys who were getting rides in golf carts back to their to the cars. That they were not comfortable. And I think Tennessee physically physically won that football game. And it would have been a really, really disappointing thing to lose when you do that. But Tennessee did win. And now that Tennessee did win, I think that's also, you know, the, this Tennessee team has been pushed around a little bit at times in the past. And, and maybe a Georgia or Bama will push it around again. We'll see. But physically, I think this team held up in that sort of toughness. Uh, Alabama certainly didn't push Texas around on Saturday. They only so won because the, they can't get a safety call right. Anyways. Um, that's neither Welcome here. To the SEC. <laughs> that's, that's neither yeah. here nor the bat, there. The bat phone from Birmingham um, has already been installed in Austin. But yeah, I mean that's what you want an SEC team to look like. You want an SEC team that's dishing out some punishment. So, uh, shout out to Kurt Schmidt, the uh, the strength coach for Tennessee. But no, I mean, <laughs> the week one always has the wild overreactions, right? Yeah. And you know, Tennessee didn't have any sacks against Ball State. We can, I guess, toss that narrative out now. Um, uh, and, and what I, I made a comment earlier about Tim Banks earning his 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 paycheck in this game. That's based on me. When when I see a guy come off the edge free, that's a to me that's a that's a coaching call right there. Uh, and that happens several times. And uh, whether that was a linebacker up the middle, whether it was a, a slot corner, we saw Wesley Walker get a sack on a fourth down, mm-hmm. Flowers on on the third down play, uh, in overtime that that. Really made that fourth down really hard for, um, for, for Pitt. That that's 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 the coach. That's the chess match part of coaching. Tim Banks can't go out there and cover the, the tight end for Jeremy Banks. He can't cover guys for. He can't make tackles. He can't help Jalen McCullough have you know take a better angle and get the guy down on the seventy six yard touchdown run. He can't do that. The best he can do is put his guys in position. To make big plays, and they did that. I, I think that happened a lot in this game, um, and, and to me, that's that's a sign of good coaching. Uh, and we got to give Rodney Garner a shout out too, because that defensive line played really well. You saw Tyler Barron, you saw Byron Young show up. Yes, he did. Mari Thomas, um, Mari Thomas had a hell of and, and even back to oh, Mari Thomas was 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 brutalizing whoever was trying to block and, him for most of the. And, game. and even back to Tim Banks, you had you know they had what two tipped passes in the game in the first half that Pitt caught. That should have been interceptions, or you know, or maybe lucky plays. The one where it was like in the line of scrimmage, where it was a big scrum. I mean, that was just luck. But um, you know, you, you got to put guys in position to make plays as a defensive coach. And, and Tennessee doesn't have guys that every time they're in position to make a play, they're going to make a play. Like that's just not. I mean, you know, on the touchdown at the end of regulation, Warren Burrell's in position, but you know, he didn't make the play. And, and you got to give credit to Pitt too because. Early in the game, it's not a bad football. We, we team. talked. It's not a great we talked team, about this going. It's not a bad football. Team. We talked about this in, in our pregame huddle, Ben, where they got to come after Slovis. They got to make him, uh, uh, you know, have him under dress. And, and to his to his credit, he took some hard hits in the first half and was making you know completing passes and, and throwing accurately and standing in there and taking the punishment, and delivering an accurate pass. So the other team's going to make plays. Like you know, the guy hurdling Trayvon Flowers. That's a great play. Like not a lot of guys can do that. That's an NFL player, right? Right. There. So is good. And, and you know, the touchdown catch at the regulation by Jared Wayne is a great catch. I mean, guys make plays. The other team is on scholarship too. So, um, but it, it's it, I don't know. Is it a good sign, Ben, that, that this game the offense went in the tank so much? Uh, and Tennessee still won, or is that a bad sign? I mean, do we have do we have concerns about this offense moving forward? I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out uh, because 
I, I was surprised. I, I said it earlier. I, I was the thing that was most concerning about the ugly win, if you want to phrase it that way, isn't necessarily the fact that the defense gave up the 76 yard run where, where there was no linebacker to be found. It, it was the fact that the guys who are typically as efficient as can be were not as efficient as can be. And Wes made a great point. Hendon Hooker, who his first two drives of the game were awful. I mean, he missed three throws that he makes in his sleep. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. and, and there were other throws throughout the game that it just didn't look like vintage Hendon Hooker or the, the hooker missed that missed what would have been another like 40 or 50 yard pass to Tillman over the yeah, middle. Yeah, wide a, open. Pretty was, simple pass. It was as if he was Joe Milton last year against Pitt on, on that throw. Uh, and, and then Tillman, you know, he I would say that he dropped a touchdown. It, it was a, a tough, contested catch, but he he's arguably the best receiver in the SEC, and the best receivers in the SEC make those catches. And, and six foot four and, and right, and long he had a step on him. Uh, and there were some other ones that you know slipped coming out of his release on, on a dig early. Uh, he just he there were there were times when Cedric did not look like Cedric Tillman, and, and part of that is him getting eighteen targets. Like obviously, the more targets you have, the 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 more that you're going to see not completed just by by simple math. So credit to them, although they didn't have their best football games today. Like you said earlier, they stepped up and they made plays when it mattered most. Hendon with his legs late in the game, Tillman making some some several contested catches that, that were much needed at, at the time. So I'll be fascinated to see what the offense looks like against Florida. And I'm, I'm looking way down the line here. But that Florida secondary is not good. It's It's not. And they have one, two guys on that defense that that really scare you, and, and one not a lot of depth either. Yes, Brenton Cox, he's talented, and he's one of those two guys. He's strong. He is, but like he's a guy that throughout his entire career, whether it's been at Georgia or Florida, his coaches have wanted more out of. And if if that's your best defensive player, I don't think that's a great sign for your defense. So I'll be curious to see what Tennessee's offense looks like then. Uh, Hendon, after the game, I asked him about it. If, if he could pinpoint a reason why the offense was, was sputtering at times, and he just chalked it up to football. And, and I'm sure there's a particular reason that he's not going to share publicly to the media. But maybe like uh, our right guard sucked or something. Right. But that, but that is part of it. And, and you know, I thought. And Heupel, I'm not saying the right guard sucked. That was just no, a, yeah, a and, hypothetical. Right, right. And, and Hypel actually gave a good answer in a roundabout way uh, in his press conference uh, to where he pointed out that there were situations where the receivers did not do a good job blocking downfield there were situations where the pass protection was not good there were situations when Hendon just simply missed the throw there were situations when the receivers did not just simply catch the ball or or do what they're supposed to Uh, you had to fumble with Jalen Wright so it it just goes to show how tough football is because you you need all 11 guys clicking at the same time and tonight it always seemed like there was just one guy that wasn't able to get the job done on a play and that kept the offense out of sorts I think they'll bounce back, but it is something, something West, to, to keep an eye on as Tennessee moves into Florida. I know they technically play Akron next week, but whatever. Tennessee's going to win 50 to nothing. Yeah, sorry, Joe Moorhead. That's, that's, it is what it is. But I, I think one of the reasons why, with the defense, why I think it was really important for the defensive line to show that it could go out and do what it did in this game was because I, I think this game, if you had any, if you harbored any illusions, that, that maybe this defense in the back seven or back six had gotten a little bit more athletic, a little bit more dynamic. Um, I, 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 that, I don't think that's the case, guys. I, I still think 
in space defensively, um, th this team's going to have troubles on defense. But if they if they dial things up at the right time, if they make the plays right in front of them, if they take care of simple things on defense, I think they can be okay. But there were still times in this game where when you get those guys in space, uh, the safeties, the linebackers, just not a lot of dynamic athleticism there. And it, it's you would hope that in this game would be a good would be the good first chance to see did they get a little bit better in that area. And I, I don't know that they did. So the defensive line playing like it did was huge, I think, for that reason. Uh, we talked about the back seven. One guy who's really, I think, through two games, you have to say as much improved as Aaron Beasley. Agreed. Uh, I thought he had another really good game tonight. Wasn't perfect necessarily. But, um, you know, again, they, they are what they are in the secondary. And, and I think it's interesting. They, they Come on, Haddon still looks all right at times. Yeah, Haddon's a good player. Good. I really like Haddon. Hands a good player. It was interesting. They they trimmed the rotation uh, pretty significantly at a few positions. Uh, we saw sort of a platoon with Wesley Walker and Samaria McDonald at star, but Christian Charles. I don't know if he played five he played snaps. He did get in the end. Burrell looked like he limped off um, in overtime, um, but they went with Burrell and Haddon the whole game. Uh, Solon Page got some some snaps here and there because Juwan Mitchell and, and Pat Garland were out. Uh, defensive line rotated a lot. We saw a lot of Roman Harris in this game. Didn't I don't think Josh Josephs played. Uh, they played five defensive tackles again, six defensive ends. You know, Latrell Bumpus showed up with the hit uh, on, on the quarterback. So, they, you know, I, I thought the defensive line, you know, they are what they are, but if they play the right way, they can – they're able to get the job done like they did in this game. Yeah, I, I think there are uh, – and, and, again – athleticism is like a relative thing, right? Like every single one of them is infinitely more athletic than I think any of us will ever be. However, we're talking relative to trying to be a championship caliber football team or one that can compete at a higher level. And I just think there are some deficiencies there that you would hope did not show up as much in this game at times. At, at times they did. But I think from a physical toughness standpoint, and I do believe a mental toughness standpoint, there were a lot of, of, of tests that they passed tonight because it, you don't want to be a team every week that you have to rely on that old axiom of, well, you don't, you know, it's good when you win, when you don't play your best, at some point you need to play something closer to your best or, or whatever your best happens to be. But, but it is important to make plays when it really matters, when it really mattered on the road, they made those plays. And I think that is important. A couple of things you have to clean up going forward. I, I, I really, really, really like Jalen Wright. I really do. I think he is a really dynamic athlete i think he is a guy who could be a very good football player um, but he didn't have a lot of contact there in camp and he's had a couple fumbles now in in two weeks he needs to tighten that up i think in the running game generally speaking jabari small vultured a couple touchdowns today i think i'd like to see a little bit more out of him too I, i'd like to see more from those from those guys although pitt's front seven and narduzzi they're they're that's a good coach coaching a good front seven. I think Pitt's got four or five defensive linemen who have a chance to play in the NFL a couple who definitely will. And a couple of very good linebackers too. Uh, so I, I think there are some things I'd still like to see the tight ends get more involved. I think they have an ability to play a little bit better than they have been. Nice play by Jacob Warren uh, to get near the goal line there on one of those plays that Ben tried to count as a touchdown when it wasn't, but there are a lot of things from this team, from this team, from this game that I think can be better. And I still think that is not a criticism or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because if you played the best you could play 
and you needed overtime to beat Pitt, I don't know that you're going to be a really good SEC team. But but these guys, I think, can play better than this. And I think that is a good thing because you, you want to be playing better football than this. But two games into the season, you're not going to be playing your best necessarily. Correct. The, the goal to be playing your best is when Florida comes to town two weeks from tonight. That, that is the goal. And you also don't want to peak that early in the season because you have some big November games. I think Tennessee's better can, than Kentucky. I think Tennessee's better than South Carolina. But if, if they're sleeping, and I think South Carolina's in November. I don't know. It's after midnight. But uh, Tennessee's better than those two teams. But if, if you're not playing good football, they'll, they'll beat you. They, they will. Uh, and obviously you play Georgia in, in November as well. And Vandy's not going to beat Tennessee regardless of how Tennessee plays unless they just turn in an all-time awful performance. But uh, you're, you're, you're right. You want to be playing your best football towards the end of this month, in my opinion, because you do have a big test against Florida, and then you go to LSU two weeks later, and you, you, you better be playing good football because they, they, they will beat you. Even if those two teams are down compared to what they have been the last decade, the two to three decades, like they'll, they'll still beat you if, you if you show up and you play sloppy football. And Tennessee well, was able to snap out of some sloppy football at times. First two possessions were, were terrible, but then – they had a strong finish to the first quarter, and then they had a, a strong second quarter. They, they had some sloppiness in the, in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter as well, and they finished the game strong. That, that is a, a, a terrific sign. And, Wes, you, you made a great point, and the point that I was going to make is that they're, they're not a finished product. And, and I firmly believe, still believe, what I preached on in our preview podcast, that there is nothing wrong with Pittsburgh being equal to this year's Tennessee football team. Pat Narduzzi is in year seven, year eight. They won the ACC championship last year, and pretty much everybody's back but their star quarterback and receiver. That That's a good football team that yes. Tennessee just beat, and there's no shame in going to overtime and, and beating that team. So they, they don't need to be the finished product in, in 2022 that they need to be if they're going to go win a ninth or possibly tenth game and really compete in the East. But today was a good step. I, I thought today was – a, a tremendous net positive, even if it was sloppy at times. Well, my final point before we get out of here, guys, is I think that if the most frustrating thing about the game at times was that Tennessee made mistakes doing the dumbest, simple things that you really need to be able to do, just basic things and didn't do them. The good news is those are usually the easiest things to correct, right? You catch a punt most of the time. You hit an open receiver most of the time. You catch a ball when you're open most of the time. Uh, even as a linebacker who you're playing defense for a reason, ball hits you in the hands, more often than not, you're probably going to catch that. There, there's just a lot of things that really would have been painful ways to lose a game, but now that you've won the game, you can say, those aren't impossible things to clean up. If it was just like you got physically annihilated in the, in the game like this, then you just can't – There's what, what can you say? It's like some of the times when they've lost to Bama and Georgia in recent years. What the hell can you say? Look at the teams. That is what it is. Uh, and I saw a Pitt team walking out of that locker room that looked like it had had the hell kicked out of it. So I think there are some good things to take away from this game, provided Tennessee has the appropriate response to this, which is knowing that it needs a lot of things to clean up. And if it does, it really could be okay. I completely agree. Um, today was a, a net positive. 
And again, I, I think it is perfectly okay that Tennessee went to overtime and beat Pittsburgh by touchdown on the road. I, I will say, I, I was disappointed in the fan turnout from Pittsburgh. Uh, Tennessee fans showed up it's and, and showed town, out. Man. I, I get it. Penguins but town, Steelers town. I, I completely understand, but I mean, there they were a ton of empty seats and, and more than I expected. And, and that's, Despite Tennessee bringing a lot of fans. Yes, and, and again, that's what I was saying. Like, it, there's Tennessee's turnout was awesome. Like, downtown Pittsburgh, we, we went to the Pirates game last night and we, we walked to the football game and walked back. Like, there's been Tennessee fans everywhere. It's, it's not Tennessee's fault, but, man, Pitt fans. I mean, you just won the backyard brawl and you're coming off an ACC championship. You, you have a good team and you, you show up like that for an SEC team. That, that was piss poor. But uh, overall, a, a net positive uh, for, for Tennessee today. I, I continue to say that. And, uh, again, no, no shame in beating this Pittsburgh team by touchdown in overtime. I, I think Tennessee's on a nice trajectory to get to where they need to be. And uh, it sets up for a fun matchup with Florida in two weeks, even though Florida did uh, drop a game tonight to Kentucky. That's still yeah. be a fun game. And in between them, we're going to have to find some ways to talk about Tennessee and Akron. So we're going we to have we're, to. We're, we, we, we do. We have to. Uh, before we get out of here, Pat, you've been awfully quiet for a while. Are you just falling asleep or what's going on over there? Yeah, I'm, I am falling asleep. And, and let's, I mean, you only get 12 games. You have to play the Akrons of the world. No. Yes, Ben, you have to do it. Um, yeah, I, this was a game I thought would be close. I thought after the end of the, the uh, second quarter, it was going to be back and forth, kind of more of a shootout. Didn't pan out that way. It turned into a <laughs> slugfest. Bit of a slugfest. Um, but or Tennessee, another S-word fest. But Tennessee, they won and they covered. You know what they say, the uh, good teams win, great teams cover. So – I also predict. I, I, Alabama know, didn't cover today. I was. Uh, I was. Georgia. Ohio I State was, also did not cover. I was disappointed. I, I predicted forty-one thirty-four, uh, which was the uh, same same score as last year, just reversed. And I was disappointed because in, in overtime, I was like, "I'm not going to get the score right." Because in the second overtime, if it got there, you'd have to go for two. That was third. It's the second one this year. They're trying to get these done fast. So, um, but no, I, I mean, I I picked a touchdown margin and. And so good job by me. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, I think we can leave it at that. And we can also say again, happy 13th birthday uh, to Ben. I hope you get a pony this year. I hope you, you get everything in, in your life that you want. And uh, welcome again to the team. So happy to have you here. Guys, thanks for listening. And uh, we should be back here in just a couple of days, a little bleary-eyed. But uh, the grind is here, guys. The grind is here. It is that time. So, guys, thanks for joining us. And uh, you know what? Ben and Pat, thanks for staying up and doing this. Thanks, Wes. Bye, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day. Tons of stuff on there. All good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear 
East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it, get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.